0: what's good people it's reg it's stone and it's a special valentine's day episode i know you'll be listening to this a little bit after the day but hopefully that love is still there in the air i've got a nice air freshener going on in the background you know some rose scented i've got some entomine cakes and cookies laid out in front of me i'm playing some nice tasteful fuckboy music I think I'll go for a little weekend, maybe ease into some Trey songs, you know, get full fuck boy, you know, <laughs> just, just just how we do Valentine's Day in uh, Hipster Brooklyn. How are you out there, ladies and gents? <laughs>
1: Man, I, re- I remember when I hated black Valentine's Day in college, we all went to like Chili's and we dressed in all black. We're Singles <laughs> Awareness Day. We're never going to get married. We're never going to be in a relationship. Single for life. And look at me now.
0: Right, just that, that was the exact opposite. I said now. I was like, damn, you, you're single still? Don't we like you. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we were all militant when we were young. It's like, never. Ne- I, nip, never, girls, never. Never. Never.
1: <laughs> you know, I I I, I I, I, love you and adore you, woke kids. <laughs> I feel like once you get our age, you're like, eh, Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much crazy out there. Just yeah, too much. It's, it's like it's too much crazy for one day. Like you yeah. can't you can't defeat all the crazy. The crazy is, is always gonna win. Yeah, um, and, and,
0: and you get to that age where it's like I need somebody there just in case should ha- if I'm choking, I need a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox won't help me out and reach out and give me the Heimlich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need somebody to make that nine one one call just in case.
1: Oh man uh how's everybody doing how y'all doing uh it's (laughs) it's been a little bit of a hiatus uh for for your boys um we just i mean every day is the same fam so like we didn't realize like that uh i don't know i don't know how long it's been i don't know what time is like i i feel like clocks just don't even matter anymore no,
0: it's, it's a beautiful thing. We've, we've gone backwards in time. This is the way the ancestors had it. You know what I'm saying? I do sunlight only. Sunlight and tasks. That's yeah, how, how I keep time.
1: Like, I see the sunlight. I'm like, okay, I gotta wake up now. And I see it going now. It's like, okay, I gotta go to sleep. Like that's that's literally what that is. It's, <laughs> that's it's, it's literally it's, it's, what we're doing right now. The Earth is renewing itself.
0: <laughs> this is what's happening.
1: We're going back you know, the way it should be. So, uh, but yeah, you know what? We're going to talk about. We've been we're debating about talking about about this just because it happened. Uh, so long ago, but uh, I feel like we should we should, should talk about the weekend and the your boy the weekend the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I watched the Super Bowl like I dude I I I was in full Nick boycott mode. Only watched the, up into the weekend performance. I uh, cheer for all the black people and then I turn the TV off. So. <laughs>
0: So. You didn't miss much.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> but uh, you know the weekend, uh, you know, did the Super Bowl and you look. I, 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 there's, I, I'm not gonna say the weekend is the, the greatest performer of all time. Um, obviously, it's not the greatest Super Bowl performance of all time. It was better than Maroon Five or the Coldplay. <laughs> um, but you know, and I, I think the weekend um had a creative show that worked with his limitations of an art as an artist that integrated a lot of the themes that he's been doing with uh his album for the past year uh I wouldn't say it was like family friendly I guess, but he made it like i don't know he made it entertaining and i and, like I think that was like the biggest challenge right like how you take that vibe of like you know fear and loathing in Las Vegas and make it family friendly <laughs> i thought <laughs> yeah. he did a pretty decent job you know um and he didn't have like you know carlos santana popping up <laughs> or like I, I it's all it was, him
0: yeah it was you all know? him I, I thought it was very bold like i said then that would have been the easy thing to kind of you know call up fucking i know ariana grande or some shit you know to kind of come sing background vocals i mean here's the thing about the weekend what's kind of fascinating is the fact of where it's rough because obviously he's somebody where, and, and you could make the argument rightfully so, because we've seen things in the past where somebody will come out of a sound or an idea and then other people will kind of drag it to the fucking ground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he came out, he kind of came out this, you know, House of Balloons, this like dark R&B, you know, with these atmospheric hip hop beats, this self-loathing persona. And that kind of laid the groundwork for, shit, a lot of acts in R&B and hip hop, to be honest, because he predated Future by, I think, a year or two, um, well not really future's career but future monster where he kind of made that you know leaned out persona he predated it for I think a year or two I think I think monster was 2013-2012 where house of blues was 2011 you know and he kind of made the pop pivot and I know people you know in the back in the days you had the discussion where he's sold out he's out here he's, he's not making the stuff he used to but I mean in a capitalistic society I mean fuck it get the bag I mean that, that's the oh, one yeah. thing yeah and it was calculated he's somebody where, you know, I think Kissland was like very anime, or there's a lot of Japanese things happening there. As far as uh, the imagery is concerned, he's tried to find fun things to do with. On the way to selling the fuck out, he's done fun things. Like you know, his biggest hit is literally a, an ode to cocaine. So at the same time, I'm not going to say that you know selling out and going corporate is a, is an ideal. He's definitely found a way to kind of play over it, and I feel like to a certain extent, because his talent isn't necessarily in fucking his his talent is just vibes. Let's be honest. He's not the greatest singer. He's not he's he's a solid songwriter, I'd say, but he's not the best songwriter. His thing definitely is the not. fact of where you know there's a certain kind of metro. You know, we're ready for this big city elites. There's a certain kind of. <laughs> Metropolitan, you know, young 20 year old druggy party type shit that he was able to say, hey, I'm gonna make this wave out of it. And like it's you know, it's kind of it's I won't say it's cool, but it's kind of at that time it was unique because, you know. Before the weekend, r songs are just about fucking. You know, we were, you know, f- you would go out, you'd party, you'd drink, you're doing Molly. You come home from the club, you have some sex, and everything is fun. The week, and which we all know does not really happen. That's like at best, even if you've got, even if you're tricking like on that level, that's like one out of every fucking five times. Like, like realistically, what happens is you go out, you spend way too much money, you come home too drunk, you get into a fight or two, <laughs> and yeah. you're hungover. That's the average night. So. The thing is, what I liked about it is the fact of, like you said, it's knowing his strength of quote unquote vibes, he brought the vibes. It was a whole bunch of weird posts, like post, you know, uh, plastic surgery, fucking weekend clones dancing around. A lot of fun things of flights. It's it, him dressed up kind of like, I guess, a word count count chocolate fucking suits. <laughs> <laughs> and he even threw in an old like House of Balloon song as a band cover somewhere in it. So it was just like I thought that, like, like and we discussed before, I was like, it's like, after I saw the performance and I saw his tickets going, I was like, you know, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll go see the Weekend Live. This should be entertaining. Obviously, when I saw the ticket prices, I was like, maybe not that entertaining. But I was just like, he's proven to me where n- n- not necessarily music-wise he might bring it, but if I'm going to go sit in a stadium somewhere for about an hour and a half, I, I, I think my entertainment dollar would have went... I would would have been a solidly spent, long story short, if it wasn't so crazy overpriced because he's such a huge act now.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and you know, as somebody who saw The weekend very early in his career, like kind of House of Balloons style where I, I would just say, like, that show, he was nervous, right? And, like, it just I – and mean, I think the hey, House of Balloons was so big. There was, like, a huge amount of expectation – um and I think he was just nervous and like things like that. So it just kind of that show like felt flat. Uh, ten years later to see him on the Super Bowl, um, I mean that and, and you know I I I thought it was a decent performance. Um, you know I, you have to be impressed even if you don't vibe with his music. I'm not a huge Weekend fan. Um, even if you don't vibe with like what he's trying to do, like the fact that he kind of made it, <laughs> the fact yeah. that he figured that out. <laughs> And 10 years, I think it's very impressive. And, and like I said, like they let him do the Super Bowl and they didn't put like, yeah, they didn't put Ariana Grande on there and Carlos Santana and like, you know, like, you know, like I don't know, Pitbull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like they didn't do like that, that like, because that's usually what they do every year. Like they let him do his thing. I feel like he's like one of the, I can't even remember like the last like Super Bowl performance where it was just the artist. Right. Like no, like, you know, a, you know, like accompanying or whatever, like just the actual artists. I feel like Prince did that. Um, shit, I can't even think of anybody outside of Prince. Like maybe U2 when they did that. Like, but like that was like, shit, that was like 2002, you know. So, um, yeah, prop, props to him, man. I, you know, like the idea wasn't that great but it's outside fam like you can't get great audio inside we can barely get great audio in this podcast sometimes you no, know but i feel like they did him dirty though
0: it's, it's like they haven't had audio mics like it's something
1: no i feel, i feel you so,
0: somebody somebody was mad that you know his girl liked the weekend a little too much and <laughs> and, and, and fucked with the levels so, something was off there i, I feel I, that come on man i can hear QBs
1: talking and i didn't say like again not to say no, that it's not you. a feat, but it's
0: like the tech the tech the technology there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but like it, 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 there's a, there's a lot going on. Like he's moving a lot, like there's a lot going on, but uh, anyway, I I am I'm, I'm impressed with the weekend. I'm impressed with his career trajectory. Like it's going to be really interesting to kind of see like after hours, I think it's his best album since House of Balloons, um to be honest, for for me. Um and I I'm just happy to see him do winning. Um, And, you know, now he has this massive-ass 2022 tour, um, which, again, is expensive as hell, uh, but it's it's the first—I think it's the first major tour that's been announced post-pandemic, like, the first worldwide tour post-pandemic, so— and I, w- I want it to happen, you know. I, I hopefully January twenty twenty two, like we're back <laughs> to normal. And uh, I want him to get his get his bag, you know. Um, just not for me, probably. So, uh... <laughs> and uh, the other thing is that uh,
0: well, it's 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 you know, it's been a very rough year for America. You know, it it, it realized, you know, it woke up. Last summer, I realized that hey, we're pretty racist and it's been, it's been dealing with that issue. And there's been a week, a glorious week of white men apologizing. I'm talking about Mr. Timberlake, who <laughs> it only took him 15 years, 15 years to, to apologize to a black woman, Miss Janet Jackson, you know, and, and apologize another 15 years, maybe probably even 20 years to apologize to his ex boo Britney Spears, you know. But, uh, um, long story short, New York Times did a documentary on Britney Spears, basically kind of discussing her issues now and her issues in the past. Uh, it's, it's A lot of it has to do with, obviously, because she's somebody who has some mental issues, but primarily just the, the the fucked up way celebrity kind of works, the way celebrity is a commodity, the way celebrity kind of gets abused to make money, the way people will kind of, under that microscope, kind of get fucked over. Um as a result of the way, because early on, and, and we all know that, you know, it's part of the celebrities, your little power couples, you know, like Weekend was with Bella Hadid and Selma Gomez for a little bit. You know, how, why do we know that? Because that shit sells the fucking magazines. You know, early on, you had Britney Spears. You had Justin Timberlake, these two Disney kids that were together. And in the, the documentary kind of showed that, A, you know, how much pressure that kind of put on Britney be how Timberlake kind of moved from that and Britney kind of moved on from that. And as far as the way society kinda, you know, praised him and kind of went at her for, for being a quote unquote bad guy, and see how his kind of career thrived off that kind of drama. So uh, it was trending for a couple of days. Then obviously as black folks, we were just like we never liked that nigga since fucking Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and then my man said, you know, the 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 classic Apology, that you know, I, 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 I you know, I, I realize I have privilege. I'm trying to work to my privilege. I am opening. I am listening, and I'm reaching out to you, the people who are wrong, to help me, to give me my redemption stories. So that way, y'all could stop tweeting about me. Type apology. Um, I don't know. It's, it's. I find it fascinating because, and we've been so discussed. I, I think for the Janet Jackson thing, I think it was inexcusable. I think it's a lesson you kind of learn in kindergarten where it's like, hey, we both kind of get caught, you know, in the toy jar. We both like you take the take the heat. I don't throw my homie under the bus to save myself. And you can only imagine that, you know, all you know, you've got this big Super Bowl gig. You've got this young superstar because he's at the top of his powers. You've got this Janet Jackson who's basically made up this this pop lane, literally, that a lot of them are eating off of. I can only imagine him kissing her ass during rehearsals all week. And then Monday after the Super Bowl, like I don't know who this black lady is. Who is this Miss Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so as far as the Janet Jackson stuff, it's 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 honestly it's something that's it's 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 dark. It's fucked up. You had somebody who's made a lane here, and it kind of shows you how the powers that be, in this case, CBS Viacom, it kind of came out after the fact that because she didn't kiss the ring, they basically banned her from MTV. You know, it's it, it kind of killed her career. a career that was still relatively popping at that time. It bombed yeah. her album. It was fucked up. On the other hand, I, I I and I haven't had a chance to really watch the documentary, which I'll make it a point now because I'm talking about it. But uh, I think it's the the things I've read and kind of discussed about what you know what kind of had him trending was very interesting to me because I remember I was kind of you know I was I was listening to the music at that time. I fucked up the instincts. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> That was a time where, you know, a lot of white acts are kind of playing around with the boy band kind of concept and they were coming out with some jams, you know what I'm saying? Tim Blake was working with Neptunes, basically uh, off a whole bunch of old Michael Jackson demos. So I, I fucked with fit.
1: I mean, Future Sex Love Sounds is a masterpiece, man.
0: Yeah. Like, so, you know? yeah, so, and I remember basically, I think it's kind of interesting the way the guys of where they kind of lumped him as one of Britney's abusers. But we kind of forget that he came into a boy band Literally managed by somebody who was later convicted for you know child pedophilia, who Lance Bass actually kind of accused of doing that to them until he retracted it. Somebody who was also relatively young, sexualized, you know, he was kind of there too. And I know it's kind of to say, oh, woe is me, I'm taking up for this white guy, and and damn it, I am to a certain extent. I think that it's a little bit unfair to have this microscope on these two relatively young people. And expect, like, it not to get fucked up, particularly since, you know, you had people like Barbara Walters interviewing him. You had a star in Buckwild asking about if he fucked Britney Spears. There's a lot of adults in the room that should have handled it a little better, a lot of journalists, a lot of the media in general. And so I kind of felt like the way they kind of said, oh, well, you know, he uses his pivot off his career. I don't know. I felt like it's it's something where it's it's i don't want to say he's a victim too that's a horrible thing to kind of say but it's it's i think it's very easy to kind of say well he should have done xyz where this is kind of the way the system was set up for him to kind of almost not do xyz
1: yeah i mean i feel like i disagree with that but i I will have to say that what justin did to janet i think was was super excusable yeah excusable he you know he was there Um, and you're right. (laughs) It's just kind of like, like, like you're, you know, there's just no camaraderie. Like, and maybe again, like maybe in most instances, it's like it's people guiding him wrong, but even like, say 10 years after the fact, still, still like radio silence. Right. Yeah. It's, it's um, (laughs) Yeah, like, every every anniversary after that happened, still silenced. Like, no letter of support. No, like, you know, I realized my privilege letter on, <laughs> Like, like Yeah, IG. like,
0: put on an album. Like, it was, like, it's it's a total radio <laughs> silence. And it's the idea of where, and if and, and if you're a white guy, you can kind of do that. It's like, all right, I, I, I oh, yeah. forgot about it. Well, that happened? Tell me what happened. I, I don't remember the situation at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think with Britney, it was... I wouldn't say the wrong place at the wrong time, but I I will say that he also had the opportunity to maybe stick up for Britney, like, now or 10 years ago or whatever. Um, he had many opportunities to, to make both apologies, and he's only doing it now just because, you know, cancel culture is real. Right. Yes. Like cancel culture well, real in the code sense, you know, again, you know, insert well, that. Piece. I mean, it's it's real in the fact that like you, you will, you will lose part of your bag. You won't lose your full bag, <laughs> <laughs> but you will lose part of your bag, you know? Um, and I think now people are spooked as they should be, right? People who are, who have power and privilege, um, who have been silent about these things should be spooked. Um, but I think with Brittany, I think what really kind of, um, like trigger people is like there's this montage in the documentary um, of all the people kind of like, I mean everybody like late night comedians, like the press, like the Barbara Walters, you know 2020s, like you know um, all all of those things. And then they they spliced in Justin Timberlake's kind of like yeah I fucked Britney like thing, right? Like kind of in the middle of that, right? And I I, I can see how that could be misleading but also too like cry me a river was a song that apparently was about britney cheating on him and it's never been verified that britney actually cheated on him and you look at the like they show the video and it's like the video is like this blonde woman who kind of looks like britney but you never see her like you only see silhouettes and like see like uh, this you know from behind right and i think like at that time you know, the decision to release, write, and release a song <laughs> and pile on, like, you know, Britney at that time was probably not the right idea. Like, it's probably not the best idea. Like, it, even if it didn't come from, from Justin, like, maybe it came from his people, maybe it came from the label, um, but it wasn't a great idea. And I think, and again, and Justin had many opportunities to kind of apologize for that um or or at least land and offer support
0: here's a a question though how do we know and that's what i said it gets weird to the celebrity how do we even know he like he never said he cheated on him i feel like it's it's a weird thing of where (laughs) you you go back to the idea of where there's this this media machine that's setting up narratives and and yeah he should have spoke against the narrative but like i said it's something where like it's hard to say and, and it's you know what it is it's
1: but and but I, watch the video though, man. Watch the video. The video is like the the the, you know, it looks like Britney Spears. Right?
0: Oh no no! I remember the video. I'm <laughs> the, I'm not gonna say that he didn't do. Here's my thing though. All right, so you, I come off I come off a. Remember remember this back in the days MTV controversial videos. Ooh, <laughs> I'm a coming from con- now. It comes out on YouTube. Nobody cares. But it's the idea of where I get the idea of where they might have had a wink at the scenario, but. My thing is the fact of where, if again, if if, if he popped on to fucking, I guess what? Where would Timberlake be? If he popped on to fucking some late night show was on something like, yo, pretty Saki, she cheated on me, bro. Yada yada yada. I feel that a lot of it is a weird to point out Justin Timberlake as being a problem when the problem is really us. Oh I, no! I just, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah,
1: like,
0: I, I, like, yeah, like I'm I'm of age, right? So I remember, I remember, I remember, fucking, not really of age, because Because I remember at this time I'm I'm a little bit older than them. So I remember when the the Rolling Stone Britney Spears thing came out, right? So this is like young Reggie, you know, young Reggie, computer, internet, you know. Locked in his room and shit, you know. So the magazine comes. And I remember I was like, oh shit, you know, look at Britney Spears. But then it's like, even at that point, even when I'm out there, you know, probably rubbing out one to fucking, I don't know, who was a big porn star, whatever, you know, fucking Heather Hunter or some shit. I looked at it and I'm just like, yo, she's like 16. They have her wearing the fucking schoolgirl outfit. I remember specifically actually one scene. It's her of her bedroom. So everything is pink. Everything is pink, you've got these little stuffed dolls, you've got all this stuff, and she's wearing booty shorts, and she's 16. So even then I knew like, yo, something here is fucked up. This is wrong. It's not the way it should be. So it's hard for me to kind of look at like something like that where you've got all these corporate masters kind of spinning these fucking narratives of this, like, you know, this 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 quote unquote 16-year-old girl as a sex pot. And like to kind of say, well, Tim Blake should have done more because, like I said, they, they went through the same fucked up system. Like, it's, I should not have, and again, I, I heard that same story. Why does that story exist? It's not like Timberlake went to a fucking radio station and was on something like, yo, she cheated on me. That was a story that fucking some copywriter wrote and put out there, or fucking some People magazine kind of hinted, and you know, and, and like I said, I'm not going to say he's not complicit. I'm not going to say he shouldn't have stepped up subsequently over the years when he definitely should have known better, but it's just the idea of where I, I just can't point at him as a victim when I know that that child star shit is fucked up.
1: Oh no, like, like the, the whole like Britney... Mystique was fucked up. The whole kind of, and, and also too, like when she had her breakdown, I didn't realize how 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 fucking crazy just like society was going at her, right? Like like the whole concept of mental health did not exist, right? The whole concept of being bipolar or depressed or like postpartum depression, like none of that stuff, like. like I wouldn't say it didn't exist, but, like, the concept of, like, a celebrity, like, talking about it openly and displaying it openly and, like, you know, us being okay with that didn't exist. Right? Like, the the whole, like, MO was, like, you're a celebrity. You have access to everything. Like, you're going crazy. Like, it makes me feel better because I'm just sitting here and like, you know, my Honda and you're sitting here and <laughs> you're, 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 like, your Mercedes or Range Rover and, like, beating people like <laughs> across the head. <laughs> Like, she was, like, beating up a Proporasi Carfa umbrella, you know? Like, she's doing, like, crazy stuff, right? And I feel like society was kind of messed up. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll say that much. Like, you know, when you're in the world, um, when you're in that society, and especially when you're benefiting from that society, like Justin Timberlake, you're not going to think about, like, your actions, right? Like, I probably made, like, dozens of Britney Spears jokes because everybody else was, <laughs> right? Like, like, dragging, dragging Britney Spears was so normal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like 20 years ago, like, that's just kind of what people did, right? Um, and I think, like, that's kind of also shown in the documentary, um, where, you know, you just see how society pretty much dragged her. Um and I remember like even like the dude like Leave Britney Alone, like who was like crying. And, oh like, yeah in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. And they and they and they dragged and they dragged that dude too, right? The OG so, meme, yeah. Yeah, you know, like like it's kinda crazy to kinda see that. And that I mean the the Leave Britney Alone dude was right. <laughs> like leave her alone, right? So uh yeah, I mean I, I, I think Justin just took some some stray shots. Like for that, like you know, he. he... <laughs> Sorry, fam. You, t- you took it's, some straight it's, shots. It's, it's hard for a
0: rich white man with no morals out here. It's you know, hard.
1: Like, like, but look, if if it takes like a like a white woman's pain for Justin to apologize to Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, but um, yeah. I I mean, yeah. Justin took some strays on that one. Um, I mean, it's going to be really interesting, the whole Britney Spears thing anyway. Like, um, it's crazy that um, she's still in this conservatorship and she's, I guess they're still in court this week. Like, she's tr- trying to fight to, like, control her own bag, basically. So, I mean, the whole the situation is crazy. And, uh, yeah, man. I don't know, man. Like, like. It just—it's like one of those like those things that just makes you realize how, like how fucked up America is.
0: <laughs> Ain't that the truth?
1: You know, when 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 white ladies are getting dragged, uh, you know, you know, you know it's bad. You know it's bad. So uh, anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah. Keep your head up, Justin. <laughs> we know it's tough being a rich white man with no accountability. We know it's know. rough out in these streets. Keep keep it. You'll survive. Uh, He'll you'll survive this guy. We we we've got like, faith. You know.
1: <laughs> I don't know if he puts out Man of the Woods part 2. Oof. Uh. Oof. <laughs> that that needs to be canceled.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh so new music. Uh I'll start it off. Um basically uh in the last 42 Hours has been two, two, two hip hoppers have released some, some new works that are a little bit on the softer side. Uh, the first was uh, JPEG Mafia dropped his EP number two on Friday. Uh, it piggybacks off his EP number one as opposed to his projects which are definitely kind of free flowing but there's definitely an album feel to it there's definitely like a, a thorough line to all that's happening in the proceedings these ep's kind of have a in uh, a positive you can see he's kind of almost like he's working through shit like a hard drive dump you know it's mm. it's you know sometimes the songs the beats come in he might not do anything vocally for like you know a period of time might come in do a couple bars stop and then the song kind of goes on the first EP was mainly hip-hop. It had a, a great track of him and uh, Desil Curry, Bald. was fucking one of my favorite songs of last year. That was mostly hip-hop even though they had some singing tracks. This EP's all singing. Um, it's not bad. It's actually pretty good with a caveat. The thing about j Mafia is it's, his whole persona is a fucking troll to a certain extent. Mm. Um, yeah. Which makes it for very interesting music lyrically. But at the same time, it'd be interesting to see what he would do if he kind of tackled the project head on. What's funny is that even though it's all auto tune, it's it's kind of a weird filtering of this kind of idea of like pop singing and pop R&B singing. It's not bad. Like he does a pretty good job of it. Um, I'd like to see what he would do if he took the project a little more seriously. Right now, you can kind of tell it's almost for shits and giggles. Like, you know, he's cracking, like, fucking, he had a bar on it, like, I want to love, like, fucking Trump Loves Putin or some shit like that. He dropped a weird bar in one of the songs. So you can kind of tell that's the angle he's coming from you can see as an artist kind of working through his talents and trying to figure things out and work through it i think definitely he's got i won't necessarily the vocal chops but definitely the idea is to do some fucking some more like straight vocals r&b stuff to kind of balance out his more aggressive raps um, uh, but like the first EP, this is more like like you know it's, it's scratchbooks. It's it's things coming here and there. It's definitely worth a listen. I'd say it's for people who are really big fans. I'd say it's an idea like if you aren't necessarily a fan, it kind of show how diverse like JPEG Mafia is. Mm. And like I said, it's hopefully is that I don't know if he's gonna be doing this EP shit forever. But what I'm hoping for is that these ideas he has on these EPs, he kind of mix into more fully fed songs when an album time comes. That's all.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I I know that he's been in the studio with like a lot of really interesting people, like James Blake and you know, things like that. So I, I do feel like there's probably like a more solid project coming out. Um, but also too, like I I also don't expect it. Yeah, <laughs> right? he, he's
0: such a weird troll. You can't like, really yeah. Yes, yeah,
1: solid projects, <laughs> like <laughs> You know what does that mean to to somebody like JPEG Mafia? Um, you know, so I. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Like, I I have a kind of a love hate with j Mafia. I I do feel like he has some tracks that I, I I really like, but then also too like the troll. It's not even like him being a troll. It's just like sometimes I'm not in the right headspace for like glitchy, like you know, stop start like crazy ass beats, um, and or like half thought out songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I've haven't, I haven't been listening to a lot of JPEG JPEG Mafia lately just because like I've just not been in the right headspace. Um uh, probably not like my pandemic choice uh of listening pleasure. So <laughs> but there's enough JPEG. uncertainty
0: in the world to have uncertainty in the songs too.
1: Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> uh, uh
0: and I, I guess I'll do my my second second Valentine's yeah, yeah. Day themed. Song was uh as as you know if you're listening to podcast before I'm a huge fan of Mike, um, he had a record last year his last record I believe was under his DJ Black Power alias which is what he uses to produce under, um that record was pretty much mostly hip hop a little bit more instrumentals but still ninety percent just straight rapping, um he dropped a new DJ Black Power record this weekend um kind of EP lengthish, uh Valentine's Day themed. In this case, it's it's more instrumentals, probably, let's say, 60%, 70% instrumentals. Um, He's somebody where, at least during his rap production, even the last DJ Power record is very much based off loops. You know things you could imagine, like you know a lot of, a lot of your 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 quote unquote real hip hop resurgence are onto. You know something like an Earl Sweatshirt, like, let's say right. a fucking Rock Marciano, a fucking Griselda. Whereas these like these abstract beats kind of loops with a lot of like traditional like, 808 production under it. Um, this record is kind of a lot more experimental. Uh, for our Valentine's Day album, you figure it'd been a little bit more, let's say, soul loops and a little bit more like loving. But it's actually pretty and I hate to say it like almost dancing like like mm. a lot of these tracks like there's two tracks at least you probably could have kind of lifted and maybe turned into a, like a, a Twitch DJ dance set and nobody would be like that confused per se so it's definitely yeah. his production is kind of expanding which kind of interests to kind of listen to um, similar to JPEG you can kind of tell where these aren't necessarily fully formed tracks But at least here, because of, like I said, the new production, maybe it's a Valentine's Day theme, it's a lot more of a cohesive piece of work and you know just somebody where like I said I'm, I'm a fan of Mike because of you know I, I think he's got a really like kind of similar to to sweatshirt like the introspective look of you know like depression and kind of growing up as a man in America mm. a black man in America on top of this kind of avant-garde you know production that's kind of my wheelhouse it's kind of cool to kind of see him kind of you know dance out of it and kind of do something I don't see to say mainstream but definitely something that I can imagine some of those heads would be like oh this is a little weird even though if you're some where you know you listen to a lot more fucking like, like I, I hate the term electronic but if you listen to a lot of people what producers are doing out there what different kind of you know dancey and I, I can't even dancey but long story short if you kind of listen to a fan of what Artists are doing out there with DAWs, with Ableton, with like production techniques. He's doing a lot of interesting stuff here. On top of the fact, it's a little bit more upbeat than this stuff normally is. On top of the bad fact of where you've got some cool collaborations here. I think Slauson Malone comes in here does like a little R&B. Not really R&B, but like a fun little track where he kind of fucks with his vocals. It's just a cute little record. So yeah, I, I, I like this one a lot.
1: That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up uh cool so there's two artists i'll, I'll talk about on my end and I, I think the pandemic is just like feeding me jazz that's <laughs> <laughs> my pandemic stees um i was listening to like a lot of the the, the new roy airs with um ali shahim muhammad and um ah i the i forgot the, the last dude but um they've been putting out a lot of new projects and um the algorithm lifted up um a project and uh, then kind of the same playlist uh, by uh, Georgia Ann Muldrow. Um, she has a project called Jyoti, um, which is her um, kind of multi, you know, like like her jazz project, basically. Um, and if you don't know, Georgia Ann Muldrow is Muldrow has been out in the streets for like years um, and not getting the credit. Um, yeah, I, you know, wow, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You know like people talk about like mad lib uh i would i would say she's probably the equivalent to madlib
0: it's worse i I feel like madlib at least has fucking people generally agree that fucking mad villains is a fucking classic
1: well well, yeah but i'm just saying like in terms of like you know they're both multi-instrumentalists they've both been in in hip-hop they both like have been in jazz like and george out man and done like r&b as well and since and yeah, and, and sings like and, and just in, and raps and, like just in terms of like the breadth of like what they can do, but also you know they're both in the underground, they're both in kind of that underground LA scene, but everybody talks about Madlib, which you know it's justified, right? Like I, I feel like Madlib is is a, a god, you know, but also too we need to talk about Georgia Anne Muldrow because uh, I feel yeah. like um, she's also. I said, like been in these streets Doing a lot um, You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that's very experimental um, But I feel like She gets dragged when she does Experimental stuff, whereas <laughs> A Mad Lib or a Flying Lotus or like, you know, whatever Can do some experimental stuff and like They get praised, right? So, true, very true, um, facts So uh, yeah, so uh, Jyoti uh, It's a new, it's uh, Jyoti in the album is called Mama You Can Bet it's her solo jazz album. It dropped, uh, I think, like, August 2020. So it's not a new album. Um, but it's basically kind of... It's another one of those albums that dropped last summer, along with, like, Saw, where it just kind of, like... It was right after the George George Floyd uh, protests. Um, so it's kind of, like, trying to capture that kind of black spirit. But... Um, this, you know, she kind of goes back to, like... You know, kind of, like, say the post-civil, like, immediate post-civil rights era, right? Kind of like that 60s, 70s revolutionary type of jazz. Uh, and she kind of brings that back. Um, and she uses, like, a lot of samples from that era, like, things like that, which is really interesting. Um, like, I I actually got caught up on this one because um, the Roy Roy Ayers track uh, I was listening to, I was creating, like, this playlist for my Illuminati friends and uh, the all the playlists, like, all the songs had... Xylophones on them, um, and like I found this track because she's playing the xylophone, right? Like, <laughs>
0: wow,
1: insane. Cause I think she's like I don't think she's she's with a band. I think she does these Jody al- albums, um, kind of like by herself. Uh, I think and I think like Madlib. I'm not really sure like how yesterday's new quintet happens, but I I feel like even Madlib kind of does a lot of the instrumental work by himself, mm. which is really hard to do in jazz, you know. So. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a really interesting album. Uh, if you are up on all these like UK jazz heads, um, you know, check it out. You know, obviously it's it's kind of underground, but um, I you know I just have to continue to lift up uh, Georgia and M- Muldrow. Uh, and then this other album I'll talk about. Um, it's artist named Angel Bat Dawid. Um, she is a jazz singer from Chicago um that's kind of does i would say like um i i wouldn't it's probably like that chicago jazz scene um but a little bit more i think like like her recorded work is a little bit more i'm not gonna say traditional but like it's 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 not like kind of like that breakbeat jazz that people are into right now however she has an album uh that she connected with um some London jazz cats around. And that album is basically just a live album. And it is incredible. Um, it's, and the, it's a crazy thing when, like, you're... Li- like, and this happens to a lot of artists where their live albums, like, are so much better <laughs> than their studio work. Um, she has... So she connected with this, this uh, jazz outfit called The Brotherhood. Uh, and she dropped this album last year called Live and there's this one track called Black Family and like basically it's her like at the end she's saying like the Black Family is the most persecuted like like thing in the world right and she's saying like over and over and over and it and it was a live album and it felt like she was playing in front of a, a white audience right and she's like, "Hey, say it with me. The black <laughs> eye is the most per- persecuted like, you know, thing, you know, institution in the world." Something like that, right? And like nobody was repeating it, right? And I mean, and then she's like, you know, she's starting to like cry on record. And the shit is like so deep, dude. The shit is like, and I don't know if it's like theatrics. I don't know if it's like that's all planned. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's like a real emotion but it's like you know it got to me I was like oh shit like this is this is deep man this is like you know and like it's been a long time since music feel, made me felt some, feel something you know it, it's been a long time since music made me like feel something yeah, yeah. and like that track is probably one of my favorite um one of the favorite one of my favorite that I heard all year uh this year um and like I said like the live album is really great the record stuff is like not as great. Um, but I would love to see uh her live. Like like that's like one of the artists I like I'm I'm saying like my alerts my Google alerts for <laughs> you know, post pandemic. I it, it like this live album is is crazy insane. So
0: Awesome, awesome. Oh shit, yeah. Because te- that sounds like to have like that kind of emotional record and capture it and not have it be like cheesy,
1: it's Wow.
0: So yeah, no, I yeah. definitely give it a listen. Cool shit.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So nice to her. Cool.
0: Yeah. And then uh, that does it about for uh, Stone. We're about to go lay back down. You know what I'm saying? Put a little bit of that uh, Barry Manilow, Manilow on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, make some of that... Uh, malcolm malcolm marie mac and cheese you know what i'm saying having a little nice romantic meal oh back. fam you, you saw that you saw that movie yeah so it's, it's people i felt like it it is what it is i felt like it was solid people were hating to hate it's it's not it's not anything to write home to but neither is any uh, netflix movie uh,
1: uh, 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 on our next podcast regin stone talk film <laughs> <laughs> men in film <laughs> Two snaps. <laughs> Hated oh, it. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, I have some thoughts about that movie, actually. Um, well, <laughs> that'll be the bonus episode for y'all. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as usual, hopefully you're out there with your loved ones. You know what I'm saying? You guys staying close, staying, staying warm, not cold, and staying safe. Yeah. And as usual, yeah. we love y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.